You are listening to No PC Allowed, a.k.a. No Political Correctness Allowed. And I am Mac Iverson. What's really behind the Israel-Hamas conflict? What's generating so much passion and so much suffering? Ancient Mideast grievances against the Jews goes way back. Jews obviously have very real grievances against the Muslims. I don't make the mistake that most pundits make in framing this conflict. I won't say Jews versus Arabs, because if Jews chose to forsake being Jews and converted over to the Islam religion, the entire conflict would likely cease within a few generations, Muslims being free to intermarry, thus erasing many distinctions between Jew and Arab. This is obvious being human nature. So this isn't really racial or ethnic. It is religious. Nor will I say anti-Semite. That label does not really mean anti-Jew. That's a misnomer. Being anti-Semitic more accurately means being anti-Middle Easterner. In the conflict between Jew and Muslim, that definition makes no sense at all. So the very framing of this very simple quagmire has always been muddled and confusing from day one. It is time for us to untangle this confusion right here and right now. In other words, if the Jew identity were to melt into Jews becoming Muslim converts, being a Jew would no longer be a threat to Muslims. How do we know this? Because one of the biggest spiritual prizes in the afterlife is for a Muslim to win converts over to Islam. It doesn't matter what race or nationality that convert is. If it mattered, there would be zero concern about the spreading of Islam to other countries. It should all be kept within the confines of the Middle East. But Islamists want the entire world to convert. Much like Christian evangelicals want global conversions, the difference is that Christians allow freedom to choose. Jihadists don't. They require mandatory conversion. Convert or die or be murdered and go to hell. Israel was established on May 14, 1948. Five Arabic countries invaded Israel the next day. Israel's victory eventually permanently displaced half of the Muslim population. So now, Israel is completely surrounded by hostile nations. The incredible violence of October 7th begs the question, is there one side more than the other that initiates the violence? To answer that question, we have to ask another obvious question. Do Muslims currently live in peace with Jews? The answer is yes. Where? In most of Israel and throughout the Western world. It may be, and it is, a very tenuous, uneasy peace, but it happens. Another obvious question. Where on earth are Muslims butchered by Jews? The key word here is butchered, not justifiably killed, as in wartime in an overall defensive maneuver, But where are innocent Muslim civilians being grotesquely and brutally butchered by Jews? It could be argued that Muslims are currently being grossly mistreated in Gaza, many even butchered perhaps, with massive shelling to the point where over half of Gaza's buildings are structurally not safe, and starvation, and without justification because most of them are innocent civilians. It could be argued. Civilians bear the brunt of this conflict. For many years, Israel has imposed a blockade on Gaza. Israel won't lift it because Hamas-controlled Gaza won't even recognize Israel's right to exist. 
that right has been consistently rejected. Even Egypt has historically supported a partial blockade of Gaza due to Hamas's violent attacks. They don't want these violent lunatics in Egypt either. The non-Christian world despises Israel because they all represent all that is anti-Christ. Being opposed to Christ automatically means being in league with satanic influences. This cannot be helped, except through the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Again, there is nothing complex about this conflict. Is a two-state solution, one Jew and one Muslim, possible? No. With just that one earth-shaking concession, Israel could never be secure until it is completely wiped off the face of the earth by the Islamo-fascists. Here is absolute proof that a two-state solution cannot work. 21% of Israel is made up of Arabs, but 0% of all Arab nations allow any Jews to live in peace. Therefore, any two-state solution would be a green light for the greatest bloodbath in human history, even eclipsing the Holocaust by far. Here's a perfect example of my point. Right next door to Israel is Syria. How many Jews live in Syria? Four. Not four million, not 4,000, not 400, not 14. Four of them. That's on the high end. Literally, you can count them on one hand, and you better believe those four are in hiding. Just north of Israel, in Muslim Lebanon, there are 20 Jews. Also next door to Israel, in Muslim Jordan, there are zero Jews. Zero Jews. By contrast, how many Muslims live in Israel? 1.7 million and Islam is the second largest religion in Israel. Do you think these Muslims need to wear clothing that matches the curtains in order to hide? No, no, no. This is all about the Muslim rejection of the Jewish religious state in the middle of the Muslim world. It's not about land. It's outrageously simple. One side wants the other side dead. All of them. Can you guess which side wants the other side dead? I'll give you one guess. Did you say the Islamo-fascists? Then you just want a stuffed animal. Those who hate Jews hate them because they are jealous of them and because Jews are widely known to be the chosen people, and also because those who hate them are opposed to what they stand for, which is the holy word of God, which also means, of course, that Christians, because they worship the same God, are automatically associated with the hated Jews. Same God, so it has to be the same hatred. Liberal non-Christians or weak Christians don't get this. They see the conflict as being over materialistic possessions such as land and such. Liberals love to see the world in terms of material deficiencies. It seems perfectly logical to liberals for them to believe that if only the underprivileged had more money, more land, more housing, more health care, and so on, then all would be good in the world. Liberals project their selfish obsession with base materialism on the entire world. It's extremely immature and a very superficial way of looking at reality. They project their narrow personal window onto the entire world. The world is full of lack and scarcity because rich liberals especially became very successful 
because of their ravenous greed. They assume they are happier than poor people because of what they actually have or possess, not because of their character traits that made them successful. They focus instead on the material side of life because becoming successful in order to have more and more stuff was always their driving motivator. So they assume, just give poor people free stuff, just like they were given free stuff by their rich, privileged parents, and that will solve any social problem. Without even looking at their own character strengths because they never had to sweat for them. They inherited them from their privileged parents. That's why rich liberals are so shallow. Not all liberals are rich, of course, but poor liberals greatly emulate successful rich liberals because that is what most of them want to be like. It's covetousness, or I want to have their stuff, or their fame, or their fortune, or their power, or their prestige, or all that the super-successful, hyper-materialistic, hyper-shallow liberals have. Many Jews are liberal, and Jews are also notoriously successful. Curiously, the Middle East is at the dead center of one of the greatest poverty-stricken backwaters of this very sad world. Hatred of Jews breeds an insane kind of jealousy. Why can't we be as successful as the Jews are? We Muslims are obviously superior to them. And, of course, the two greatest evils of the 20th century have made their home in the Islamist world, Marxism and Nazism. Historically, and not at all coincidentally, both are genocidal, especially concerning Jews. This is pure Islamic tribalism. If you're a Jew, you're viewed as subhuman. And Islamofascists don't want Jews near them at all. Even though Israel is completely segregated from the rest of the nationalistic Islamic world. And many Mideast Muslims are extremely simple people. In Gaza, there is an extremely high percentage of educated people there. It's one of the most highly educated areas in the world. But the unemployment rate is about 70%. 70%. So what is the high rate of education good for? It's good for indoctrination. It's for hating the Jews and teaching innocent children that Jews are subhuman animals. That's mostly what schools teach kids in Gaza. Politically, Jews are also really at odds with themselves. Many mistakenly believe that the political force they really need to be afraid of are right-wingers or conservatives. Why? Well, because Hitler was a fascist or a right-wing extremist. <laughs> That's why most American Jews are Democrats, not Republicans. But that is another misnomer that Jews have foolishly bought into. Fascism is not right-wing. It is clearly left-wing. How is that? Fascism needs to be objectively defined. Fascism is state control. Authoritarianism. State control is government control. All government control Authoritarianism is left-wing because government control is the antithesis of all definitions of being right-wing or conservative. Just because some lying communist pseudo-intellectuals of the mid-20th century arbitrarily decided to slap a right-wing label on fascism does not make it right-wing. Our problem, as usual, comes in allowing these communist-slash-fascists, same thing, 
to dishonestly define the terms of debate for us. No wonder the entire planet is confused. The reality that everyone needs to get is that fascism is socialism and communism is socialism. They are both all about government interference into the lives of the innocent. To put this truth another way, there is no difference whatsoever between being a fascist like Hitler and being a communist like Stalin or Mouse Dung. Any subtle differences are merely cosmetic. Historically, it has all been proven to be about one thing and one thing only, power over the innocent. Communism and fascism are flip sides of the same filthy counterfeit coin. Dear listener, don't ever forget that. That is why you have to be conservative. It's the only sane rationale in a stark, raving, mad, fallen, evil world. That's why Jews are liberal. It's an incredible fallacy that they have fallen for. And it really makes them look foolish, even downright stupid. And I mean really stupid. Both of these twin idiotologies of fascism and communism have been exported respectively from Nazi Germany and the former Soviet Union into the Islamic Middle East. And it has germinated, pardon the expression, there, and festered there into the ugly Islamic mess that threatens the entire planet with total destruction today. After all, Nazi fascism and communism are the two great genocidal idiotologies of the 20th century, directly causing somewhere in the vicinity of some 125 million deaths. And Nazism and communism have fused together in the Mideast to create the current tsunami of genocidal Jew hatred, not just there but throughout most of America now, thanks to our completely erased borders. No wonder Islam demands the total genocide of all Jews, and Christians too, of course. Yoav Gallant, Israel's defense minister, has laid siege to Gaza. He said, No electricity, no water, no gas, it's all closed. We are fighting human animals, and we are acting accordingly. The USA wants limited supplies coming in, but Hamas steals from the residents of Gaza. The Geneva Convention says that punishing civilians for crimes they did not commit amounts to collective punishment, which is a war crime. It's the perfect ruse for Hamas to hide behind the skirts of the dingy innocent. I say dingy because many Gaza civilians spat upon the bodies of Jews as they were dragged through the streets on October 7th. What does Hamas want? Thousands of Palestinian prisoners released for some 200 non-combatants, one as young as nine months old at the time. That is not a fair trade. The number one taboo to prevent more escalation of terrorism is no prisoner swaps and never negotiate with terrorists. That was President Nixon's and Reagan's rubric for containing terrorism. The deep state politicians need money and support from their most reliable supporters, the Jews. And so, Vice President Brandon has to walk a tight line. Dearborn, Michigan is the capital of Muslim America. Brandon sent senior administration officials to meet Muslim leaders to patch up any misperceptions that Vice President Brandon isn't anti-Jew enough to appease these important deep state constituents. Vice President Brandon recently gifted a $10 billion fungible donation to terrorist Iran. So Iran can use that money to continue to fund Hamas terrorists. 
This comes on top of an estimated $71 billion in additional revenue Iran accrued from America since 2021. This windfall enabled Iran to increase funding of Hamas and other terrorist proxies. Fred Flates in American Greatness wrote this. Making this worse, the Biden administration has tried to implement bad foreign policies in secret to hide them from the American people and congressional oversight. Robert Gates wrote in his memoir that then Vice President Joe Biden was wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security issue over the past four decades. Gates' memoir was published in 2014. Nine years later, President Joe Biden is in charge of U.S. foreign policy while suffering from visible mental decline and surrounded by a team of extremely weak foreign policy advisors. This is how we get inexplicable foreign policy decisions, such as agreeing to pay Iran billions of dollars after it sponsored a genocidal attack against Israel. This is why our world is so much more unstable today than it was when President Trump left office. How much more damage will Joe Biden do to American and global security in the days left in his first term? A history of appeasing Islamo-fascists has shown us that anything less than hardline stands against Islamic terror will not, cannot work. All clever games and tricks and appeasements ever attempted have backfired, just creating more and more cascading Islamic violence. They can smell fear and weakness, and they have no respect for it. The liberal loves to make excuses for the most terrible acts of terrorist violence imaginable. Negotiate with the terrorists, listen to them, give in to them. When will these cruel, callous, and wicked liberals ever learn? They won't because they can't. Their feeling, sensual souls have been shut off as if on command by their demanding deep state dictatorial masters. Liberals have essentially become demon-possessed. From Steve Bonta in The New American, according to historian Jeffrey Herf, to be sure... The translations of Hitler's Mein Kampf and the Protocols of the Elders of Zion into Arabic were important sources of the diffusion of Nazi ideology and anti-Semitic conspiracy thinking to Arab and Muslim intellectuals. He continues, Germany was regarded with more sympathy than other European states by many Arabs because it had not colonized any part of the Middle East. Hitler's emphasis on Germanic ethnic unity and purity resonated with divided Arabs. And, of course, the Nazis and the Arabs professed a common enemy. In addition, a major patron of Islamic terrorism throughout the Cold War was the Soviet Union. From the beginning, Russia's Bolsheviks allied themselves with the jihadists and portrayed communism as a sort of secular jihad to earn the sympathy of many Muslims living in Soviet territory and to export the gospel of Marx and Lenin to the Middle East. Thus, the pedigree of radical Islamic terrorism is deeply intertwined with both Nazism and communism, the two great genocidal ideologies of the 20th century. But all of these inconvenient facts are lost on America's radical left." Unquote. Islamic terrorist sympathizers in Congress are now demanding that we bring in an anticipated one million refugees from Gaza on humanitarian grounds. America's open borders 
has imported the violently insane Middle East conflict into the exponentially larger and more horrific conflagration here at home. The asinine, treasonous recklessness of this act is literally impossible to justify by anyone who is even remotely sane. The timing for the October 7th massacre was politically impeccable. As America goes, the entire world goes. Multi-front wars, especially unnecessary wars, are asinine. Ukraine? There is no American national security threat there at all. Just the security of the deep state is threatened. And now Hamas and Israel? The deep state has no concern for the humanitarian aspects. The mafia is concerned with the mafia's self-preservation. That is all. Hamas is funded by Iran. Iran gets over $80 billion under Brandon through the USA. Iran is also financially supported by the Chicoms. Notice that the more useful idiot simpletons focus on the shiny object distractions or the puppets of Ukraine, Russia, Gaza, Israel, and Iran, the less we focus on the puppet masters who are Big Tech, the WEF, World Economic Forum, and the CHICOMs. These distractions are all by intentional design, of course. Here's the bottom line. All of this is going on because of Vice President Brandon's massive and glaring character defects. Because of his anti-Christ perspective, he is fully on board with the complete and total destruction of America because that pleases his JICOM puppet masters. He has senile dementia. Even if he didn't, he's obviously a very low-intelligence fellow. In fact, he's really stupid. He's a political hack. He's a fraud. He's reckless. He's a user of people. He's openly accepted bribes his entire 45-year career. And everyone who knows him or has worked with him knows that. He knows nothing but moral compromise. That's all he knows. He's compromised his character completely. Just a horrific, degraded, debased shadow of a human being. He's the a-hole in the Oval Office. And so he fits right in. Not just with the D.C. swamp, but also with all of the jihadis who hate all things good. And who get massive funding from the D.C. swamp and the communist fascist Chinese. For the WEF, this can't be about money. They have it all. And still, it doesn't satisfy them. So this turns into a degradation of humanity, a satanic power over them to do Satan's bidding now. They spent their entire lives chasing avarice and treasures. Now, it's all about serving the evil one. Here's a Hebrew saying that goes back thousands of years. In every generation, they arise to annihilate us. Has there ever been a generation since the genesis of Jew hatred that has not tried to annihilate the Jews? Not one, not ever. Winston Churchill wrote this, How dreadful are the curses which Mohammedism lays on its votaries. Individual Muslims may show splendid qualities, but the influence of the religion paralyzes the social development of those who follow it. No stronger retrograde force exists in this world. Action step. 
Think about every single conservative pundit that you admire, every single podcaster. Is there anyone that lays it all out on the line as clearly and as cleanly as I do? There may be someone, but I don't know who they are. So please, please do your God-given patriotic duty and get this podcast, No PC Allowed, out to everyone you know. And please do it now while it's fresh in your mind. Like, share, subscribe. Like, share, subscribe at No PC Allowed, spelled A-L-O-U-D. Again, at No PC Allowed, spelled A-L-O-U-D. You can check out my complete archives at rss.com, rss.com. We have been shadow banned and permanently deplatformed because we do not compromise the truth. This is life-changing, world-changing information. You have been listening to No PC Allowed. I am Mac Iverson. We will meet again next week and every week.